Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that he remembered to light the candles this week. Teach us to be thankful for even the smallest things. In Jesus' name, amen. So when I was growing up in Denver, Colorado, two things came together at Thanksgiving. Uh, the first was that my dad, who was a contractor, had built a large room. We called it the big room as an addition onto our house, effectively doubling the size of the house. It had a fireplace, a huge empty space where everybody could gather, and it was decorated in a Hawaiian motif. One entire wall had a mural of diamond head on it, and then there was a giant fishnet hanging from the ceiling with glass baubles, and then there were bright orange and turquoise swivel chairs. It was the 60s after all. Now my grandparents did not have a big room, unless you counted their garage, which they would empty out during the summer for big parties. But at Thanksgiving, it was a little too chilly. And so if we were going to have a big party, everybody had to come to my parents' house. And that's what it was. It was all the pairs and spares, individuals and families who either didn't have anybody else to go to or couldn't get there or had something else going on. And they were always invited to my parents' house. So that was thing number one. Thing number two was that Lowry Air Force Base was only a few miles away from where I grew up, where on summer days I would remember hearing a sonic boom as one of the training pilots accidentally broke the sound barrier as well as a few windows. Now outside the main gate there was a simple shelter and a big sign that said, pick up airmen for Thanksgiving dinner here. And my grandpa would drive his old 63 Chevy pickup with the camper shell out to that shelter, tell a bunch of them to get into the back and they would come and celebrate Thanksgiving with us. Stories would be shared, food would be eaten, thanks would be given, and then it was back into the truck and back out to that shelter they would go. Now, as many of you know, when I arrived here at Our Savior in, you know, in the shadow of both Pearl Harbor and Hickam Air Force Base, uh, the only thing I knew about the military came from John Wayne movies. Mm -mm. You know, my dad and Uncle Benji were Marines, the rest of my uncles were Navy, but they rarely talked about the war or about the military. All these years later, I have come to rethink those Thanksgiving dinners with the airmen, who I have no doubt were probably just E1s, 2s, and 3s, brand new to their uniform and all the things that went with it. And they had either the, neither the money nor maybe the leave in order to go back and actually be with their families. Well, I remember them all being so polite. And at first, they were always a little uneasy, but at the end of the night, which often meant plain pinochle, whether they wanted to or not, they would say thank you over and over again to everyone, and then quite often were given a doggy bag so that they had something more to eat the next day. I don't know why a colonel or general would stand under that shack with the sign that said, pick up airmen here for Thanksgiving dinner. But if one did, I always wondered how different it might be. You see, the airmen would often choose to sit at the kids' table, yeah, that's where all the fun was anyway. But would a general? The uh, airmen would play games, including pinochle, even if they'd never played it before. Would a general? The airmen would let someone else have the last piece of pumpkin pie. Would a general? Now, this is not a slight against generals or admirals, but an observation that when we attain a certain status, when we have more silver on our shoulders or more titles before or after our name, it just changes things. It changes who we are and, and how we see ourselves and, and oftentimes how we expect others to see us. And sometimes we forget to be humble. Sometimes we forget what it was like when we weren't who we are now.
See, our identity comes from a sense of belonging, and whether we have to know where we belong to know who we are, or whether we have to know who we are in order to know where we belong, we don't have time to actually talk about that today. That's a philosophical discussion that goes down many rabbit holes. But we do know that the two are intertwined. Now, whether it's a Hallmark movie, an advertisement for turkeys, or even a promo for the Thanksgiving Day NFL game, they are always about family. You never see a person sitting alone eating a Thanksgiving feast or an ad for a turkey that feeds one person or one person watching the game by him or herself. It's always a family, either those that they're actually related to or those that they have chose to be related to. And then comes this feeling, an obligation to be with family. And we see the dozen sitting around the table with the giant turkey in the middle, and they're all having a great time laughing and telling stories or sitting around the living room watching that big game on that giant TV and eating all sorts of snacks. And in the background, you see the dining room table that has been dressed to the absolute extreme, just waiting for them. And you know the meal that they're going to eat when the game is finally over. And maybe that is what you experienced when you were growing up. Or maybe it's not. Then we get to the name for this day, Thanksgiving. But what if it's hard for you to give thanks because you don't feel like your family and friends really love you the way that you want to be loved? Or maybe you lost the one who brought meaning to your life. And far too many of your friends are busy complaining about their families. And you would give anything to have just one more Thanksgiving with yours. Or maybe there is an empty chair at the table. It's reserved and waiting for the prodigal son or daughter, hoping that this year that they would come home. And if they don't come home, maybe they would at least call home. All right, truth time. This past Sunday, if you were listening, Pontius Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? Here's a behind-the-scenes moment. I'd actually written a whole different sermon for today. Spent hours trying to create something worth your time and something that would, well you would love and that would love you and that would tell you how thankful I am for you because if I haven't said it before, I really am thankful for you. And whether I succeeded or not, you're going to have to wait till this coming Sunday because I moved that sermon to this Sunday and then wrote this one for today. You see, as is often the case in life, things change. Now, life has changed. I mean, I am not who I was even one second ago, nor am I who I will be in one second from now. But and how we handle that change and whether we complain or are able to be thankful, even when the changes are not to our liking, well, that pretty much defines our life. So my daughter got sick and after several weeks wasn't feeling any better. And every time she did feel better, she would go and do things and then she would feel sick again. And uh, so my wife looked at me on Sunday and she said, I need to go because that's what moms do, right? <laughs> and so I pulled up the flights and booked the ticket and on Monday took her to the airport. Four hours later than scheduled because the plane evidently decided that it needed time off. It felt that people were abusing it and, and not feeling, you know, it just wasn't feeling right. So it says, I'm going to take an extra four hours and just have some me time. But the plane finally took off. All the supplies for a Thanksgiving feast are in the fridge. And they'll still be there when Nancy comes home. Note that it's not the Thanksgiving we planned, but it's the one we needed. Do you see the difference? See, it's not the Thanksgiving we planned, but I am thankful because it is the one that we needed. 
I'm going to be at someone else's house for Thanksgiving. I thought about building a little shelter right outside the church that says, pick up a pastor here for Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> um, but before I even got the markers out, I already had an invitation. Actually, I had about a dozen. And now I have to decide. When I get there, will I sit at the kids' table? Because that is where all the fun is. Will I defer to the family when I'm asked a question? Because the airman, when somebody would say, do you and the airman, well, I would say, well, what would you like me to do? Will I listen instead of talk? Will I play pinochle? Will I let somebody else have the last piece of pumpkin pie? Last week's gospel lesson, the one where the humiliated, scourged, beaten, crowned with thorns, Jesus stands before Pilate, and Jesus is bleeding all over Pilate's expensive flooring. When Pilate asks, are you a king, which sounds like a really dumb question given what it is that's standing in front of him and what Jesus looks like. And Jesus responds, you say I am, which also sounds like a really dumb answer given what Jesus looks like. But then Jesus goes on and he says, my kingdom is not of this world. What do you think that means? Because that's why I wrote a different sermon for Thanksgiving. Jesus then says, those who belong to the truth... Those who are citizens of my kingdom listen to my voice. Did any of those words strike you as strange? Have you ever thought of yourself as belonging to the truth? We might say we tell the truth or are truthful or are seeking the truth, but belonging to the truth? When we sit around a living room or a table or office and speak, often complaining about how things should be, We'll tell people I'm speaking the truth. And to us, it is our truth. And yet, that's not how Jesus sees it. We all have our Thanksgiving and Christmas traditions. Who sits where? Who gets to eat the turkey neck? Who gets served first if the kids can leave before everything is finished? Who gets to pray or even if anyone prays? And what kind of foods are served? There's also who is invited and what's expected of them. Jesus challenges this. He wants us to go ahead and fill the table with food and surround it with friends and family, but he would also like us to think about what the day and the meal and the time is really all about. To Jesus, truth is not something we can decide on or possess. Truth is something you belong to, or because of who we claim to be, by the way, followers of Jesus, someone we belong to. It's that other part of John's gospel that says truth is a person, the way, the truth, and the life. Who is Jesus? You don't have to hang out with Jesus for very long before you realize how he sees days like today. We are not just at our table with our friends. Jesus says we are surrounded by the angels and the archangels and all the company of heaven, including those who we miss dearly and would do anything to have sitting right next to us. But our table also includes those who we are separated from, whether they are deployed to another part of the world or wandering streets alone, and we wish we knew where they were, or sitting in their chair watching reruns of The Price is Right because they refuse to come over, or in a hospital bed or a hospice bed. We are all together because Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. It is a kingdom of all time and all space, and all people, who were, and who are, and who will be. You did not choose to follow Jesus. You didn't decide to become part of his family, or adopt him into your family. Unlike your family and friends, your identity in God actually comes from God. 
you are a unique and unreproducible miracle. You don't have to worry about God dying on you and therefore leaving an empty space at the table. Because he died once, came back to life, he says, never going to happen again. You don't have to worry about him deciding he doesn't like you anymore because of something you said or did and packing up and moving to Cincinnati or Frankenmuth. He won't tell you that he's going to be at your house for Thanksgiving dinner and you go and get more food and you spend extra time in the kitchen and you decorate and clean and then literally minutes before you get a text where he says, yeah, sorry, got a better invitation, you're on your own. You belong to the truth, his truth. At your baptism, you were called out of the darkness and into his light. You belong to the truth who is the person of Jesus Christ. And your belongingness is not determined by your genetic makeup, your economic status, who your friends are, who your, what language you speak, where you were born, what your culture is, whether you have cranberries or don't have cranberries, whether you have Alaskan king crab or turkey. That's not what decides that you belong to the family of God. Your belongingness to the truth comes with an invitation to the table. And to be honest, it's the kids' table because we are the children of God. That is where all the fun is anyway. And this table has a very simple meal. It's a wafer and a sip of wine. But in ways we cannot understand, it empties us of our sin and it fills us up with the righteousness and the love of God. It also connects us to an eternal banquet, the one Jesus was always talking about in the gospel lessons, where the wine flows and the food is amazing and the fellowship is literally divine. No matter where you are having Thanksgiving, no matter who you are having it with, know that you are loved, you are forgiven, you are unique, you are unreproducible, you're a little peculiar, and that's why we love you. You see... This is one of those things that once you understand that you are loved by me and all of the other brothers and sisters in Christ, including those who haven't met you, and that you're going to spend eternity in heaven with, that makes this day one to be thankful for. And maybe this will give you enough of a push to invite someone to your house who you know doesn't have anywhere else to go. Or sit at the kids' table, even though you happen to be the grandpa or the grandma. Or play pinochle, even though you've never played it before. Or eat the turkey neck, and you can have mine if you want it. And let somebody else have the last piece of pie. Because you know you can stop by Costco tomorrow when all the craziness happens and pick up a whole one for yourself. We're all standing at a shelter. There's a sign above it that says, pick somebody up for Thanksgiving dinner. And Jesus comes along in an old 1963 Chevy truck with a camper shell. And did I mention a horn that sounds like a cow mooing? And he says, jump in. And when we get to his house, there's a seat at the kids' table. And a lot of people that we've never met. But their stories are amazing. And most importantly, they treat us like family. Because that is what we are. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.